to hearing what Mu Ching said. Shilian paused briefly in his step, but he didn't turn back. He waved his hand and continued forward by himself. When he returned to the Shenla capital, Shilian first headed straight for the royal palace. He didn't know why he needed to go there, since it was not exactly to see his parents. It wasn't only because of the fact that, as a heavenly official, he was forbidden to reveal himself to his closest family members, but more so because in the time he had left home and in the years that had passed, he didn't really know how to initiate conversation with his parents anymore. This was probably the same for every child in the world. Thus, he concealed himself and haphazardly ran about the palace he was so familiar with, but His Majesty the King was nowhere to be seen. Finally, when he came to Chifeng Manor, he found his mother and father. The two had just dismissed the palace servants and were chatting between themselves. The queen sat on the side of the bed. The mask that she was fiddling around with in her hands was the very one that Shelian had worn three years ago at the heavenly ceremonial procession. The shape of the golden mask was carefully moulded with Shelian's features, which was why it had fit him perfectly and comfortably when he had worn it. When it was seen by others, the degree of replication was almost frightening. The king chided from the side. Stop playing around with that and come give me a head massage. Even though the king and queen put up a front in front of the people. Ever since Shailin was little, he had seen clearly that behind the scenes, his parents would bicker like any normal married couple. The queen put down the mask as expected and sat down by the king's side to help massage his temples. As she was combing through his hair, she suddenly said, You've got more white in your hair again. Shillian took a closer look. True to his mother's words, the sides of his father's hair was greying, and it aged him a few years. He wondered to himself, Didn't father visit the royal holy pavilion to pray just a while back? At that time, his hair was still black. How did it grey so suddenly? The queen handed a copper mirror to the king, but he pushed it away. No need to see. Just dye it black again the next time we go to visit Mount Tesang. It was then that Shilin realised his hair didn't grey only recently. It greyed a long time ago. It's just that he dyed it black every time before coming to see me. Yet, because I've been too occupied listening to the prayers of my devotees and running about, I rarely made time to come back and visit, which was why I didn't suspect anything. Coming to this conclusion, Shilin was filled with guilt. For once, he was glad his parents weren't able to see him. As the queen massaged the king's head, she murmured, I told you to rest early every day yet you never listen to me, and even say that I nag you day and night. Now look at how unseemly you've become. If our son saw you, he definitely wouldn't want anything to do with you. The king huffed. 
Ever since your son grew up and his wings toughened, he stopped caring about me anyway. Though he said it in such a manner, he still couldn't help but take a peek at the copper mirror by the bedside and muttered, It's not that bad. Isn't it still the same face? Sherin was speechless. He never realized that his father had the side to him, talking bad about him behind his back with such petulant bitterness, and he couldn't help but smile. The queen laughed. Okay, it's not bad. Your health is more important than the heavens. You should rest early today. The king shook his head. I can't rest right now. Recently, there are a number of people from Yong'an that have arrived at the capital. If they want to come, that's fine. But they've also stirred up trouble, making people feel uneasy. It's a tricky situation. It turns out that the reason behind his father's graying hair was because of the drought at Yong'an. There was an unspeakable kind of misery in Shirlian's heart. The queen nodded. I heard from Rong R that he met someone from Yong'an today. He said that the man tried to steal money from the temple. How frightening. The king had a weary look in his eyes. Indeed, it's shocking. If there were only hundreds of them, then that would be fine. But if a hundred thousand of them come and go rogue all over the capital, then who knows what's going to happen. The queen debated for a while and finally said, That might not happen. If they follow the laws and keep to themselves, then let them come. The king became agitated. As the king of the nation, how can I take a risk with something that might not happen? Besides, they definitely can't come over. Looking after a few more people isn't as simple as placing a couple more sets of chopsticks down at a table. There are many complications involved that you don't understand, so stop talking. The queen soothed. Okay, let's not talk about this anymore. I don't understand the things he spoke of to begin with anyway. If only our son was still here, then he could at least help take some of the burden off of you. The king scoffed. Him? What can he do? As long as he doesn't cause me any more worries, then that's already good enough. At the mention of Shirlian, the king seemed to liven up again. That son of yours, he's already in his teens, but he was raised like a princess. Even if he knew, it wouldn't do any good. He'll just add more problems to it. It's best if he stays carefree in the heavens, without knowing anything. Let him do what he wants to do. He's not the crown prince anymore. There's no need for him to care about matters in the mortal realm. Let him fly to his heart's content. Shirlian listened silently as his father ranted with growing excitement. With a knowing smile on her face, the queen nudged the king. Now you call him a princess. Weren't you the one who spoiled our princess since he was young? And now you want to blame it all on me. She then sighed. That child is good at everything except for missing home. Before, when he was studying at the Royal Holy Pavilion, he'd only come back to visit once every few months. Now that he's ascended, it's even more difficult. We haven't seen him once in three years. Who knows if we'll see him again. Hearing her complain, the king took Shirlian's side. How would a woman know anything? 
The Gosha said that those were the laws of heaven. How can we treat him like a common mortal? If you call your own son back, you'll be weighing him down. The queen hurriedly explained herself. I'm only just saying, I won't make any such demands when we're in front of him. She then murmured to herself, It's not too bad, looking at the statues either. They look pretty much like him, and the statues are everywhere. Watching them for so long, Shillian felt an ache in his heart and a hard lump lodged in his throat, making it painful for him to swallow. He couldn't stay hidden any longer, yet he couldn't reveal himself either. It wasn't because he was afraid of breaking heaven's laws, but rather, even now, he still didn't know what to say. As for the situation in Yong'an, he didn't have any solution at the moment. If he were to suddenly appear, it would only cause his parents more agitation and stress. He dashed out of the royal palace. The moment he was outside, Shilin took a couple of deep breaths, and it was only then that he was finally able to calm down. He steadied his heart and pulled himself together, thinking action was better than standing around sighing. He cast a spell and transformed himself into a plainly dressed young cultivator. He ran around the capital, digging for information, and recorded his findings. Traversing all over, after a full day of work, he finally got the answers he wanted. Indeed, the water level in all the lakes and rivers within the royal capital of Shenla was lower than the previous years. Back when he was still at the Royal Holy Pavilion, there were a few more times when he'd snuck down the mountain to play. As he rode his boat happily along the largest river that crossed through the kingdom of Shenla, the water level at that time was just a tad short of the levee. Yet now, it had dropped several meters. On top of that, the residents of the city said that it had been like that for a while. It wasn't something that happened overnight. Before this, Shilin really hadn't paid attention, but now that he had, he was shocked to see all the warning signs. He had originally hoped that there'd be some mistake in Mu Ching's report, and thus decided to come and see it for himself. But now, he couldn't deny the fact that Mu Ching had never let him down before. Once the situation was confirmed, Shilin stood solemnly by the riverside, deep in contemplation. Pedestrians passed behind from time to time. Some nodded and smiled. Others looked on curiously. But most went about, happily minding their own business. An unknown amount of time passed, and quietly, clouds gathered from the edge of the skies. Sounds of pitter-patter filled the surroundings. It had started to rain. Numerous pedestrians on the street looked up to the sky. So unlucky, it's raining. Let's hurry back. Yeah, how troublesome. Raindrops were beating down on Shillian's face and clothes before he finally became aware of his surroundings. It's raining, he asked. When the people in the capital saw rain, they would drop everything to find shelter. Little did they know just how many were dying on the other side of Shenla for a rainstorm like this to come. A couple of people with umbrellas ran past, and when they saw Shillian, alone, 
getting soaked by the rain, they pulled him along and beckoned. Young cultivator, why aren't you getting out of this rain? It's coming down harder. Dazed, Shillian followed along and ran to seek shelter under a long roof. Not soon after the group of people tucked away their umbrellas, they broke out in laughter. Luckily, I saw clouds gather when I came out today and grabbed an umbrella, or else I would have really become a drowned rat. It's been too long since it last rained. The storm is way overdue, so it's going to be a big one. Gosh, see, it really is coming down harder. At this rate, it's going to turn into a deluge. The raindrops were beating down on the ground, splattering outward. Those people spoke in such a familiar accent that Chilean felt deeply that this was his home. This was the place where he was born and grew up, and those were the citizens he knew. As the chitter-chatter continued, the rain became a little lighter. A few people urged, while it's still light, we should hurry and go. Right after that, the men opened their umbrellas and stepped out from under the roof, one after the other. But Shirlian stood where he was. A couple of them glanced back, and after a brief discussion amongst themselves, one came over and handed him a worn-down umbrella. He offered politely, Young cultivator, are you not able to return home? This rain is quite heavy. Why don't you take this umbrella? Shirlian snapped out of his daydream. Thank you very much, he said, but what about you? A few people in the group, under the rain, called out. We still have a couple of umbrellas here that we can squeeze under together. Let's go, let's go. Urged by his companions, the man left the umbrella in Shillian's hand and ran back. The sounds of their footsteps slowly faded away in the distance as Shillian stood for a while longer, holding onto the umbrella. Suddenly, his eyes caught a glimpse of an inconspicuous shrine not too far away. He opened his umbrella and walked toward it in the rain. Upon closer look, the two sides of the small shrine doors were written with the verses, Body in Abyss, Heart in Paradise. Turns out that this was a shrine of the Crown Prince. Since 8,000 temples were built within only the span of three years, it was only natural that not every one of them would be as extravagant and breathtaking as the one on Mount Teasang. Amongst the shrines, there were quite a few that were built by amateurs to fill the number and generate the excitement. Not only did they lack a donation box, but they also didn't have any shrine priests. The only things that they had were a clay statue and a couple of offering plates filled with assorted fruits and refreshments. Those with kind hearts would come by once in a while to freshen the place up a little, so that it could at least pass for a decent shrine. Well hidden in an area like this was an inconspicuous shrine of the crown prince. Without stepping in, Shilin could already make out what could be described as a charmingly tacky crown prince statue. Exquisite clothing a pale round face with a slightly pinkish undertone and a silly smile. The statue looked like a big doll. If he didn't have so much on his mind, he probably would have laughed out loud. In the past three years, 
Shilin had seen 3,000, if not 5,000, crown prince statues. There were none that looked exactly like himself. Even the most similar one was still seven points off. As for the rest, they were either too ugly or too beautiful. A majority of the divine statues of most other heavenly officials were too ugly, and yet Shilin was the exact opposite. There were some that were beautiful beyond recognition. to the point where he himself was embarrassed he didn't really take a good look at this clay statue to begin with his eyes had glossed over it quickly but unexpectedly a snow white blur caught his eye and grabbed his attention grasped in the left hand of that crudely made clay crown print statue was a flower white as snow the pearl white petals with crystal dew clinging to them looked beyond delicate one could faintly catch a wisp of its fragrance floating in the air lovely and endearing the signature pose of the crown prince statue was sword in one hand flower in the other said flower that was held in the left hand would of course be a finely crafted flower of gold flower of gems flower of jade however This was the first time Shilin had seen a real flower clasped within his statue's hand, and he couldn't help but lean forward to get a better look. After a close examination, he discovered that the crown prince statue had probably held a clay flower once upon a time. Whether it fell due to the sculptor's poor skills, or if someone had intentionally picked it off as some sort of prank, only a small hole remained in the left fist. that little white flower just so happened to be placed in this hole if there was a person that had especially picked a flower to fill the empty space within that statue then that person was truly kind-hearted shilian's thoughts came to a halt when he heard a series of hurried footsteps he didn't look back immediately but instead hid his form with the umbrella in his hand he lightly leapt onto the altar then turned around to look down within the gray fog of rain a young boy barged in the boy was no older than 12 or 13 his dirt-stained patched clothes were soaked from head to toe and his face was covered by filthy bandages his right fist was tightly clutching onto his left as if protecting something important it was only after He had entered the shrine did he finally release his hands in his palms was sitting a tiny single flower as white as snow